0: I just want to say thank you, John, for uh, that awesome interview that we were able to put together in his shop just down the street here on Silver Creek Road. And John, I'm sure that you're watching right now, and I just want to say thank you. Would you just show John appreciation this morning? I also want to thank Chris Bisher because... uh, those race cars that you see outside, I did not have the contacts to make those things happen. And so Chris uh, was a willing, not just willing, but he was an accomplice. I mean, he took it and ran with it and uh, he made phone calls. He was messaging people. He was posting things on 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 boards uh, of different groups and things like that. And so we want to thank everybody that wound up bringing uh, a, a race car today. So would you just take a second, just thank everybody that went through the effort to do that? We appreciate that very much. Uh it really surprised me this morning because I went out and there was a huge uh, trailer and and a and a, a another trailer that had race cars on it and they were unloading, and the lady uh, I shook her hand and I I said my name's Kevin she said I know you did Alan Yell's funeral and Alan Yell is a, a local well-known racer and uh, about three or four of those cars are from Alan's family and so. Those came today, and uh, really cool. But today's a day when we honor dads. We're in a series of messages on honor. And I'm going to be honest with you that in America, we have lost what it means to honor. And I don't think there's a place where we've lost honor any more than regarding the person that we call dad. We've lost that as a country and today, we're going to honor those guys that are among us. We're going to say thank you. And there's a lot of guys that love racing. They, they, if you could tap into Chris's bloodstream today, you would get a shot of adrenaline we were out in the parking lot and somebody was moving one of the race cars and, and he's, he's literally, he's just, just gathering the fumes in his nostrils this morning. But these guys love it. They love the thunder of engines. Now, I'm going to say hopefully at 10.30 or, or a little later, you're going to hear some race cars get started, at least one, and you're going to hear what they sound like and then the neighbors are going to call the cops. Okay? But, they walk, the cops walked out of here yesterday with a bag of popcorn in their hands, so I really don't think they're going to be all that upset with us. We really try to grease that one as much as we possibly can. I said, there were there was actually donuts, and I said, would you like a donut? And Pastor Ben said, that's a stereotype. You really shouldn't do that. I said, there's literally donuts right there. There's a police officer right there. I'm just trying to bring the two together. But... People love the, the thunder of the engines. They love the, the incredible speeds. NASCAR, they will, they will hit 200 miles an hour. Guys, I want to encourage you, uh, after, after service... Go to this side of the building. We set up a go-kart track. There is a go-kart track outside of the building on the west end of the building. It's all coned off. There is a go-kart ready and waiting. Jamie is going to be there to make sure you don't kill yourself. And Chris had to test it out this morning, make sure the track was good, and it scared me to death how fast he was going. Don't go that fast, okay? Okay. And he said, I, I wasn't even pushing it. And I'm like, this is not for me. I just, I, I, can't, I can't do this. But it's exhilarating when they pass on, the, on, on those corners. There's the thrill that at any moment, drivers are going to trade paint with one another. And the fact that there's photo finishes and only one person can win that race. I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, how in the world is this guy going to pull out a sermon out of this? And I want to take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting at verse 24. And this, if it is not, it should be NASCAR's theme verses. Do you not know that in a race, we're on, are we on the right page? I think we're on the right page. In a race, all the runners run, but only one can get the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. This morning in the time that we have, I want to share with you five keys to help you win the race. Key number one is preparation. John talked about that in his interview But people just generally, they just don't go out and buy a race car. They build a race car. There's a difference. Now, I suppose if you have enough money, you can go out and buy someone else's race car, but they're missing the point. The point is that you go out there and you find the body, you find the engine, you do the modifications, you fab things that need to be done. You're constantly tweaking. As John said, you're making one change at a time to make sure that that change is actually having an effect. Drivers. They've got to be in great shape when they get to the upper levels of racing because they do races like 24 Hours at Le Mans or they race the Daytona 500 that are very difficult physically to do. Race teams look for every advantage and you've got to be prepared in order to win. One thing that John said when we interviewed him is that if your your car or if your go-kart doesn't leave the trailer all week long, You're not going to win on the weekend. You're not going to win. That's really the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. And my question for us is, are we guilty of that in our own lives? We say, I want to be a better man. We say, I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better Christian. But do we leave it in the garage from Sunday to Sunday? On the trailer, and don't touch it. That is a powerful thought. Is that what we're doing? After Sunday, we go home, put the spiritual life in the garage, shut the door, and don't touch it until next week. As dads, as men, we need to be prepared we're in a grueling race. There's a lot at stake. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 25. We read it earlier. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Philippians 4:13. It says, "forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead." On race day, we love to see the results of all the work that's been put in. All the prep that we've been doing. So let me ask you this question. What preparation, what work have you been doing on us, on you throughout the week? What work have you been doing this week? Drivers know that when they get on the track at Daytona, they're going to see speeds of 200 miles an hour. They know that they're going to get bumped. They know that there is a, a danger of a crash at any moment. And in our lives, we think, well, it's not really that, that dangerous. It's that urgent. But let me tell you something. The Bible says that we have an enemy that has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's a lot worse than just trading paint with somebody. The enemy wants to destroy us. And we need to prepare. We need to get ready. You say, well, how can I get ready? How can I prepare? Well, just like a driver, a driver can tell you what you need to do to prepare. And you may do it and you may not do it. But ultimately, in the life of a Christ follower, we prepare by spending time in God's word. By spending time. In communication with the Father. You heard John say that one of the most important aspects of racing is communication. We need to communicate with our Heavenly Father. That communication is so important. We need to fellowship with other believers. The second key that I want to talk about is purpose. Why do we? Why do we train? Why do racing teams work so hard? Why do they prepare so hard? Well, first of all, they want to show that they're the best, right? They want to win the race. There's only one winner. Paul talks about that. You should run a race to win because there's only ultimately one winner. And we want to win. That's that's where the money is. In Daytona, it's about $2.3 million to the winner. For winning that race. The second reason that, that people race so hard, let's say in NASCAR, is the Cup Series because they want points. They want those points to win that, that, that other championship that's out there. And thirdly, sponsor endorsements. You're going to walk by these vehicles and you're going to see logos and stickers of businesses who have given them endorsements. Given them some funding given them money for parts given them money for tires and gas when you win something like the daytona 500 you win another 2 million dollars in endorsement deals it is estimated but race teams compete to be the best so why are why are we preparing why should we work hard as followers of christ as as men are seeking to serve God what's the prize what's in it for us well Paul mentions that in verses 25 and 26 of our text in 1 Corinthians 9 he said they do it to get a crown that will not last but we do it to get a crown that will last forever therefore I do not run like someone running aimlessly now Paul is writing to the church in Corinth and Paul had visited there and he had started this church And he knew that Corinth was the home to what was called the Isthmian Games, very similar to the Olympic Games. In fact, the Isthmian Games were held the year after and the year before each Olympic Games. And the Olympic medals were gold and silver and bronze, but in the Isthmian Games, the prize was a crown made of celery. You ever take celery out of the fridge that's been in there too long? It's awful. It just does this. It just, it's, it's, just, it's just terrible. You, just, you don't want anything to do with it. You just throw it in the garbage. Well, they would weave their crown out of celery. And imagine in the heat of the summer how long that's going to last. It's not going to last very long, and that was intentional. The purpose for the preparation was the prize. Why do we compete? Why do we prepare? It's for the prize of a crown that the Bible says lasts forever. In Matthew 25, verse 21, Jesus is telling the story. And he said that his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The ultimate prize for you and I on this earth is heaven. It's eternal life. So the question is, are you focused on the real purpose, on the real prize? Or are you distracted by other shiny things that might be vying for your attention? We need to run with purpose. And when we run with purpose, we're going to take care of key number three, which is put the pedal to the metal. That's what I thought Chris was doing in the go-kart out there this morning. And even though he humiliated me and said I wasn't even going that fast. (laughs) No comments. There's an excitement when the announcer comes over the loudspeaker and says, Start your engines. This morning before you got here, one of those vehicles started its engine, and the neighbors woke up. (laughs) The drivers pull onto the track. They're waiting for the green flag. They're following that pace car around, and they're in a specific order that they earned that spot, and they can't leave that spot, and you see them weaving back and forth, You ever wonder why they're weaving? They're warming their tires up because they want those tires to have plenty of grip on them. And they're waiting for that moment when the starter waves the green flag signaling the start of the race. And the racers, they accelerate to full speed almost instantaneously. But let me ask you a question. What if, what if when they said start your engines, what if they didn't do that? Or what if when the green flag dropped, they didn't drop that accelerator all the way to the carburetor? What if they didn't do that? They wouldn't be in the race. They would be out of it. They wouldn't even get started. Because if you don't race, you can't win. If you don't start the engine, you can't win. And the same is true in our lives spiritually. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 24, do you not know that that in a race all the runners run? We've got to get the race started. You might be here this morning, you might be with us through church online and you've not really got your race started when it comes to your spiritual life. But just like just like a stadium of 100,000 fans screaming and ready for that race to start, I believe that all of heaven waits for you to start your race. For you to decide, I'm getting in it, I'm going to start. James chapter 2 and verse 17 says, In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Don't just say you have faith. Don't just say you turn the key. Turn the key. Start the engine. Get into the race. We demonstrate our faith through action. And if we don't get going, we can't win the race. So put the pedal to the metal. And get in the race. Key number four is pursuit. We need to, as Paul said, run in such a way as to get the prize. You know, the race isn't over until you cross the finish line and the checkered flag waves as you cross that line. The racers must finish Before they can win, they've got to focus on the prize, and that causes them to pursue the victory. They need to go fast and turn left repeatedly. I didn't have to tell Chris which way to to have that go-kart go around that circle. He automatically knew you turn left. It's just what you do. The drivers and the crew, they do whatever it takes They change the air pressure in the tires. They'll change the tires. They will increase or decrease the wedge, right? Why? They're looking for an advantage. They'll even, if they blow a head gasket, there's something they can do to keep that vehicle running throughout the rest of that race. But they'll do whatever it takes because they're pursuing the finish line. Paul said to the Philippians in Philippians 3, 12 to 14, he said, not that I've already obtained all this, It's just like a race. We are straining toward the goal. Keep pursuing. The worst thing I think that any racer can see, and it doesn't matter what you're, you're, if, you're if you're running a race on foot or if you're running it in a, in a go kart or if you're running it uh, at NASCAR, it doesn't matter where you are, but DNF did not finish. Those are the most heartbreaking letters and words you can ever read. Keep going. Keep pursuing. And number five, the key number five is persistence. Verse 25 in our text of 1 Corinthians 9, or verse 27, Paul said, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. You know, racers know that there's going to be caution laps, there's going to be spin outs, there's going to be crashes, there's going to be flat tires. Paul says, Race in a way that you will not be disqualified. It takes discipline to race this way. It might seem easier just to quit or to give up. Without persistence, we won't keep going. When we stumble, we need to get back up. We're going to spin out, guys. We're going to spin out in our lives. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to fail financially. We're gonna, we're, we might get fired in our lifetime. We might have health issues that are really trying to slow us down. But I want you to know something. You need to be persistent because your wife and your kids, your family, they are looking to you. They are looking to you to finish this race. They're looking to you to get in this race. So I want to encourage you to apply these five keys to your life. Preparation, purpose, pedal to the metal, pursuit, and persistence. So that you can say, as Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race I have kept the faith guys we can finish we can we can get to the end we can get to that checkered flag and I'm talking about the end of the race not some mid-course point in the race as somebody who In in my own life, I've had an experience where I almost did not live, I almost did not survive, only by the grace of God did I, that those words, well done, my good and faithful servant, are words that I actually could have already heard had it gone just a little bit differently. And so I think about the end of that race, my race. And I want to encourage you today, and I want to say to you, gentlemen, Start your engines. Amen? Before we go today, I want to honor our dads. I want to pray for our dads. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask, whether you're in the wiggle room, whether you're in the hub or here in the sanctuary, if you're a dad, I'm going to ask you to come and join me across the front of this auditorium this morning. Would you do that? Come on, dads, don't make me pull your arm. Come on, you know who you are. Let's pray. God, and ladies, would you and and gentlemen, would you just stretch out your arm toward these guys? Father, I just pray today for these guys that are here standing in this room. God, I pray that your holy spirit will be poured out on them today. God, I realize that it is it is tough being a dad in today's world. No matter what age we are, And God, I pray your blessing to be upon them. I pray your anointing, your power to rest upon them. And God, I pray for the ones that maybe are really struggling in their race today. I pray that you will empower them supernaturally, oh God. I pray that they would understand, God, that you are cheering for them that you are encouraging them, that you are waving them home. God, I pray today your blessing to be upon these dads. God, I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Now, yeah. Now, dads, uh, there's a donut wall out there. (laughs) Steve's leaving. There's a donut wall out there. There, there are, I don't know how many race cars there are, are out front. There could, there could be more since we started church. I don't even know. Eight, there's eight race cars out there. There is a, 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 a go-kart and a track waiting for you, okay? I want you to be able to enjoy that today. There's a racing simulator, okay, out there. I want you to enjoy those things today. God bless you. We love you. Thanks for being here. I hope that you will hang around the donut wall, that you will fellowship. There's coffee. Let's just enjoy one another today, amen? God bless you, and happy Father's Day.